good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of April, 2022, and we're going to start off with the first story of the day, which is in relation to the submarine deal between China and Thailand. A huge government-to-government submarine procurement deal faces the axe if China is unable to fit the engine specified in the purchase agreement, warned Prime Minister Prayachana Cha on Tuesday. He was answering reporters' questions following reports that a German company had refused to supply MTU-396 diesel engines to China to be fitted into the S-26T Yuan-class submarine built for the Royal Thai Navy. General Pryor, also the defense minister, said he had instructed the Navy to do its best to get the deal over the line, but if China could not fulfill the agreement, the contract would have to be scrapped. Asked if he was concerned the issue would be brought up in the planned no-confidence debate, General Pryor said he was prepared as he had justified the purchase already several times in response to questions. What do we do with a submarine with no engines? Why would we purchase it? If the agreement can't be fulfilled, we have to figure out what to do. Isn't that how we solve a problem? He replied. When asked if the government can terminate the contract, he said the matter will be considered by authorities concerned and in line with the procurement process and the Prime Minister need not intervene at every stage. He insisted that any cancellation will not affect the Thai-Chinese relations and both sides have been working closely to resolve the issues. On Saturday, Navy Commander Admiral Nila Samai said no changes have been made to the submarine deal and insisted China would have to comply with the contract as signed. Under the terms of the deal, the submarine engines were to be supplied by Germany's MTU, but the company were barred from making the sale due to an embargo as they are designated a military defence item. According to a Navy spokesman, Vice Admiral Pak Karong, the Navy would hold talks with China's shipbuilding and offshore international company, that's CSOC, this month to resolve the problem even though it stands by the purchase agreement stipulation. It was reported that CSOC had asked the Navy to alter the contract to replace the German engines with Chinese ones, such as the MWM 620, which are of the same standard, but the Navy is standing by the original contract. Thailand formally signed an agreement to buy the S-26 Yuan-class submarines from China in May 2017 under a budget of 13.5 billion baht after the cabinet gave the green light a month earlier in April. The payment had been agreed to be spread over a seven-year period, with the first installment of 700 million baht made in 2017. The Navy, after further talks with Chinese military top brass, agreed to a three-submarine package worth a total combination of 36 billion baht to be paid in a level annual installments. However, procurement of the two additional submarines, valued at 22.5 billion baht, was delayed for four years and is in limbo due to financial constraints following the pandemic. And moving along, an American has been arrested over soured investments. An American citizen was arrested on Friday on charges of illegally luring investors to put money into derivatives and security future contracts that resulted in losses of more than 3 million baht, police said. Economic Crime Suppression Division police officers apprehended Matthew Christensen, 37, at a hotel in the Nana area of Klong Toy District in Bangkok. 
He was wanted on a warrant issued by the South Bangkok Criminal Court on November 9th last year. The alleged offences took place more than eight years ago and the statute of limitations in the case was set to expire next month. Investors, most of them foreigners living in Thailand, had complained to the Securities and Exchange Commission that they lost money on derivatives and security futures marketed by Sendar Incorporated through Mr. Christensen, who claimed to be a fund manager, according to Police Major General Bun Krapu, the ECD chief. The victims were told that Sendar offered investments in energy, precious metals and commodities futures, among others, through 60 offices around the world. They were promised a 5% fixed return on their money, but the promises were not realized and their principal was not returned. When the investors contacted the suspect, Mr. Christensen claimed the company's computer had been hacked and all the money was gone, said the police major general. They could not contact him in subsequent attempts, he added. The damage was more than 3 million baht, according to the ECD. The ECD chief did not say when the investors first complained to the SEC. It was believed to have been in early 2014 or even possibly before that. The SEC said it registered a criminal complaint with the ECD on April 9, 2014, accusing Mr. Christensen, Sendar and other people of running unlicensed activities. The SEC investigations revealed that Sendar Incorporated and Mr. Christensen operated derivatives businesses without obtaining a license or registration from the SEC, the securities regulator said in a statement. Police Major General Putta Day said police had tracked the suspect's location and spotted him on Koh Samui in Suratani. They arrested him after he travelled back to Bangkok, he added. Mr. Christensen could be fined up to 300,000 baht or imprisoned for up to three years if found guilty under the Derivatives Act, according to the SEC. And now, as we have been talking over the last few weeks, the reopening of Thailand is on a continuous basis with the reduction of restrictions each and every week. Now, Thailand's reopening to foreign travelers took another big step forward on Friday as pre-travel RT-PCR tests and certificate requirements ended for visitors arriving under the Test and Go scheme, sandbox and quarantine programs, with Prime Minister Prayachanacha calling on businesses and the public to ensure there were no hiccups. From now on, if anything happens, we must accept collective responsibility, but we have made full preparations. I listened to the pros and cons and have eased restrictions wherever possible. But if anything untoward comes to pass, we will have to go back to square one. This is the difficult part of running the country, General Pryot said. From Friday, people who enter the country through one of the programs will be given an RT-PCR test only on arrival. They will also be required to perform antigen self-tests on day 5 after arrival and provide the results to their hotel. Sandbox visitors must remain in their designated areas for 5 days. Visitors in the quarantine scheme, including people caught entering the country unlawfully, will be kept in isolation for 5 days and have an RT-PCR test on day 4 or 5 after arrival. The government spokesman Tanakorn Wangbunkanchana on Friday said that the Prime Minister instructed related agencies to prepare for an influx of foreign tourists under the less severe revised program. The new rules are intended to help resuscitate the economy, in particularly the tourism sector, which was among the worst hit, he said. However, everyone must still comply with health precautions prescribed by the public health ministry, the spokesman said. Now, the Tourism and Sports Minister, Piapat Ratchapakarn, said that the ministry will this month ask the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration to consider further easing entry rules, such as replacing on-arrival RT-PCR tests with simpler and quicker antigen alternatives. Test results will be certified and visitors will be allowed freedom of movement instantly upon a negative result, Mr. Piapat said. 
However, it is up to the Public Health Ministry to make a decision on the matter, but a green light from the CCSA would see the rule come into effect on May 1st, he said. Before that, targets must be met during the festive period, Mr. Piapat warned, stating that daily infections must remain below 60,000 and fatalities under 100. He said the ministry will also propose that the Thailand Pass registration be scrapped from June 1 to mark a return to business as usual for the stricken sector. The Tourism and Sports Ministry will ask the government to ease travel rules to reopen the country, the minister said. The minister estimated at least 7 million foreign tourists will visit Thailand this year, generating about 30% of the 3 trillion baht raked in by the tourism revenue in 2019, he said. Now that statement was followed by a statement from Minor International Chief, who was pushing for an end to travel restrictions. The government must drop all COVID-19 travel restrictions before the tentative date of June 1 to rescue the economy before it's too late, says the founder of Minor International. The removal of the Thailand Pass under the Test and Go scheme on June 1 is way too late. We believe lifting all travel restrictions should be done immediately as the rest of the world is already opening up, said William Heineke, the minor international founder and chairman. Many people want to visit the country during Songkran and Easter, but too many restrictions deter tourists, he said. Thailand is suffering as the government has shattered tourism opportunities, causing many hotels to start laying off workers again after seeing inflation increases, said Mr. Heineke. I hope the public health minister and prime minister will look carefully at this issue and might make the right decision to help the economy before we die, he said. Without travel rules, Thai tourism will bounce back within a year, even without the Chinese market, as seen in the Maldives, which has already surpassed pre-pandemic levels, said Mr. Heineke. Saudi Arabia, which restored relations with Thailand after a 32-year break, is a quality market with high spending the sector can target, he said. The wellness segment has high potential to attract tourists from Europe and the Americas, which are the main feeder markets for Thai tourism now, said Mr. Heineke. Minor Hotels, the hospitality arm of Mint, recently launched new wellness services from VLCC, India's largest beauty and wellness operator. With a budget of 20 to 30 million baht, Avani plus Huahin, which is popular among the Indian market, is the first resort to feature services from VLCC. The company plans to roll out this service to other locations in Thailand and overseas. Now, I think Mr. Heineke has hit the nail on the head and although I don't agree with a lot of what he said and in particular his support of the 2014 military coup here in Thailand I do say that he has spoken a lot of truth in the last six months in relation to this whole reopening and the farce of what the government continued to do on a monthly weekly even daily basis and the mixed messaging now the prime minister is talking about well if we have a surge we're going to go back to step one again I will put my hands up and say that there will be no way this country will return to step one of the Thailand Pass again. I think there would be riots in this country, especially among hospitality businesses and any business that's any related to hospitality. That's just not going to happen. The messing around that we're seeing now is just being done with no regard for the economy or the standard of living of people. It's very easy for the likes of the Prime Minister and let's say, the Minister of Health and the Sports and Tourism Minister to stand there and tell everybody, well, we have to do this, we have to do that. Their salaries have been unaffected during all this. They've continued to make money. They are rich people. The pandemic has not affected their lives in any way. In fact, 
anybody working in the public sector have lost nothing during this COVID-19 pandemic. They've all kept their jobs, their salaries have all been there, nothing has been cut. But it is the man on the ground, the man in the hotel, restaurant, wherever it may be. They're the people that are suffering and this government just don't seem to get it as of yet. Thailand have slipped down, even in Southeast Asia, to the bottom of the table in terms of reopening. They're not that far behind Myanmar at this stage and they require a seven-day quarantine on arrival. So that's where they are. It is bemusing to a lot of people in the hospitality industry why this is continuing to go on like this. And I do fear that they will use Songkran and an increase, which we are going to see by the way, because it's, it's normal. And they're going to use this increase as a reason to hold on to more restrictions, especially for incoming travelers into this country. The bottom line is that the longer they continue to do this, the more the economy is being wrecked. And I'm not sure exactly the reasons behind this. Yes, I think there's a certain amount of not wanting to give up power, probably having to get rid of the emergency decree and finally admitting that we can all get back to a reasonably normal life. Now, I've heard people say, well, one of the reasons that they haven't reopened yet is because older people in Thailand have not been vaccinated yet. Well, I say to that, whose fault is that? The reason older people have not been vaccinated here in Thailand is because number one, vaccine hesitancy, and number two, a failed vaccine program. Pretty much every country in the world started off vaccinating the elderly in their countries. However, Thailand chose to vaccinate hospitality workers instead and fit 21-year-olds working in shopping centers in Phuket. That's who their focus was on at the beginning, not the elderly like every other country did around the world. Start with the oldest, the people most vulnerable in society, and then move down as we go along. That is not what they did. So when I hear people say, well, the reason is because the elderly have not been vaccinated, I say that's nobody else's fault but the government's and a failed vaccination program. Even though 70% of the country right now, just over 71%, are double vaccinated. Not having your elderly vaccinated is a failure on your behalf. And you can't use that as an excuse anymore. There's plenty of vaccines for everyone in this country at the moment. I saw recently half a million Moderna vaccines turned up last week. You can pretty much get Moderna or Pfizer in this country fairly easily at this stage. So there is no excuse to anyone not being able to get vaccinated. And using the excuse that older people are not vaccinated when there's plenty is a failure on the government's behalf. If people don't want to get vaccinated who are older, well, that's their choice and their decision. If people want to try persuade them, then go ahead. But we're not going to hold up the rest of the country because some people are not vaccinated. And I think that certainly is not an excuse that needs to be used by anybody at this stage. But I throw it out to you guys out there because we've spoken about this a lot over the last few weeks months. God, could be even a year at this stage. Do you see us getting back to any kind of a normal travel scenario within the next two to three months? Do you see it coming back to what it was like pre-pandemic? I'd love to know your comments, guys, as always, because I find them very insightful and very valuable down below in that comment section. And moving along, agencies urge to speed up ELV measures. Prime Minister Prayachana Cha has ordered responsible agencies to speed up offering incentives and measures to encourage motorists to scrap their aging vehicles in a bid to reduce ultra-fine dust particles known as PM2.5 and tackle ongoing expensive steel prices. 
Now, according to the government spokesman Tanakorn Wangbungan Chana, General Pryat on Monday voiced his concern about end-of-life vehicles, ELVs, that remain on the roads and voiced his full support for the industry's ministry's plan to recycle used cars nationwide to reduce the pollution problem and tackle the rise in the price of imported steel. As of January 31st, Thailand has more than 5.03 million vehicles registered that are over 20 years old, according to data from the Land Transport Department, which registers vehicles. The number of old vehicles is forecast to increase to 16 million units over the next 20 years if no recycling action is taken, said Mr. Tanakorn, adding that older vehicles without good and proper maintenance standards have resulted in a rise in air pollution and PM2.5 particles. According to Mr. Tanacorn, General Pryat said ELVs must be recycled properly so that their parts could be used in industry to help the country reduce steel imports. In every old vehicle, steel represents up to 69% of the structure. Thailand currently consumes about 19 million tons of steel per year, 12 million tons of which are imported, with 7 million tons coming from domestic production. According to an Industrial Works Department report, there are only two companies in Thailand that operate suitable car scrapping facilities, both of which are in Ayutthaya. The government thus needs to support incentives and measures to attract more investment the department proposed. As part of the efforts to scrap aging vehicles, the industry ministry in 2019 signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the Industrial Estate Authority of Thailand and Japan's New Energy and Industrial Technological Department organization to cooperate in a pilot project to receive ELVs. The project aims to promote demolition and recycling of old vehicles, especially cars over 20 years old. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Phuket's soy dog steps in to help provide urgent medical assistance to animals affected by the conflict in Ukraine. World-renowned animal rescue NGO Soy Dog Foundation, the leading organization in Southeast Asia helping dogs and cats, has joined in support of Ukraine's war affected dogs and cats by teaming up with Poland's oldest and largest animal welfare non-profit, TAS, or Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, to help provide critical assistance to animals impacted by the Russian invasion of the country. Roy Rim Lay heads to Saracen Bridge for Songkran. Authorities have confirmed that the Roy Linlay Festival will be held at Saracen Bridge in Mai Kau during the Songkran Festival on April 11th to 12th in an effort to boost tourism and the local economy. Green baby turtles hatch on Surin Islands. Tourists and locals alike were treated to a procession of baby green turtles hatching and making their way to the sea yesterday on the Surian Islands. And finally, EU-Thai campaign to reduce plastic pollution in Phuket. A campaign has been launched in Phuket between the government authorities and the European Union to educate on best practice waste management procedures in an effort to reduce plastic pollution. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.